What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoice sing. Rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of Let us march on till victory is won.
what's up, everybody? Welcome to, welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition individuals from merely existing to living a life full of purpose. Listen, we have one more show after this, and we are no longer on this network. So, yes, I'm going to do the exercise again on tonight. Here's what I want you to do. If you're wondering if I was talking to you in relationship to purpose, I want you to do this exercise with me very quickly. I want you to take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. If you were able to do that small exercise, and that means there is breath yet in your body, therefore purpose remains. I don't care what you're going through, what it seems like, other people's thoughts of you, your own personal thoughts of you, there is purpose lodged inside of you. And tonight's conversation, I believe, and I say this about every conversation we have here on Transformation Radio, is going to, this conversation is going to make you or position you in a place where you will be able to recognize and execute purpose. All right, listen, we have an amazing guest on tonight, and we're going to get to our guest in a little bit. But guys, listen, as I said, we have two more shows. Well, after this, it'll be one more show on the network. I want to send a shout-out to Miss Yvonne Mason. I spoke with her this week regarding uh, the new move that I'll be making. You know, every now and then in life you meet people that don't know you, as, as some old folk used to say, from a can of paint. Or they don't know you. They've never met you. However, they have a conversation with you. And this is why I always talk about the power and the importance of conversation. But one conversation with you, they feel connected to you in a way that knowing you years upon years upon years could never bring a type of connection. That's how it was with Miss Yvonne Mason. I'm grateful that uh, she invited me on her show two times back-to-back, and I'm grateful that she saw something in me, to be honest with you, at that stage in my life, I just could not see because my sight was so clouded by everything else that I had going on. But she saw something in me, and she said, I want you to get on. I want you to do your own show. I don't want you to worry about anything from a financial standpoint. I just want you to share your message of transformation. So, Ms. Yvonne Mason, I thank you again on tonight for believing in me, as I said, when I did not even believe in myself as it related to some parts of my purpose. So, again, thank you, guys. Listen, also I want to remind you guys, before we get to our guests, I want to remind you, I am looking for two individuals that are out there. You have an idea for a podcast or you have an idea for a radio show, but you don't know what to do with that idea. For a a year and a half, I want to sponsor you on my new network. Yes, I want to sponsor you on my new network. All you have to do is get on record 
and do your thing. You don't have to worry about anything from a financial standpoint for a year and a half. Why? That's what she did to me and she did for me. And she said, I just want you to pay it forward. So I'm paying this thing forward. If you have an idea, I want you to write that thing out. It does not have to be perfected. I want you to write it out. Then I want you to email me at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. And I want to sit down and talk with you and see, you know, if we can serve you as it relates to your podcast or your radio show. As I said, we're launching a new network. I'm going to talk more in details about that on the next show, but it will be launching in October. We're taking the entire month of September off, and we will be launching in October. All right? So what else do I want to talk about before our guest comes on? Oh, man, guys, with everything that's going on, I want to continue to remind you to continue to fight for equality, equity, and social justice, okay? We are in this fight, and we must continue to fight because it is our continuation of this fight that builds the momentum that we need to where we can continue to see changes in policies and laws and everything that we're looking for change in. I want to send a shout-out to the NBA, the WNBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, and even uh, tennis, who stood up this week and decided we are not going to play any games until you understand the seriousness of what we are bringing before you. So shout-out to them. Shout-out to all the agencies that are out there that are doing the groundwork that sometimes never get recognized. Shout-out to everyone that showed up in D.C. on today, wasn't able to make it, but for the march. Listen, guys, like I said, if we continue to build that momentum, we will see those changes. I want to remind everybody as well, make sure you are filling out your census forms. Why? Because it's the census forms that ensure that we have representation. Sometimes we are not represented correctly because we haven't taken time to, time to fill those forms out. So make sure you are filling out your census form. And in November, get out there and Vote. I'm telling you now, get out there and vote, guys. We want to see change locally. We want to see change nationally. We have the power to change. And when we can unite, there's nothing that we are not able to do. Now, phone lines. The phone lines are open throughout the entire conversation. That's right. We want you to be a part of the conversation. I don't look at my guests coming on as me interviewing them. I look at it as conversations. I believe conversations are powerful. They are completely organic. I do not prepare any questions. I don't even know the questions I'm going to ask. I just like to go with the flow as we are flowing. So I want you to be a part of it. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. So if you hear anything that encourages you, if you hear anything that, that you've experienced and you want to share with us, please feel welcome to call in. You will be given a minute. Everyone will be given one minute just so that everybody has an opportunity to call in and our guest has have enough time or has enough time to share his story. All right. So again, oh, one more thing with calling in. I've said this and we've never had it and I believe we've got two more shows. We're not gonna have this. When you call in Understand that my guests, myself, and even the listening audience, we all come from diverse belief systems and backgrounds. 
So as something is said that you disagree with, it's okay that you disagree with it. Matter of fact, it's okay that you call in to express your disagreement with it. However, because this is a secured environment where everyone feels comfortable enough to respectfully share their beliefs, their positions about things, we want to make sure we're doing that in a respectful manner. So when you call in, make sure you're respectful of myself, our guest, as well as other listeners, okay? Again, 516-387-1756. Now, without further ado, let's get to the reason you all tuned in on tonight. You didn't tune in to hear me. You tuned in to hear our guest. Now, listen, he's an activist. He's an artist, artist, and he's the author of Letters to a Gay Boy. Help me welcome to the show today, Terry Dyer. Terry, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited for this conversation. As I told you off the air, I believe that this conversation is going to reach a lot of people, touch their lives, and help position them as it relates to purpose. I could not agree more. And and just before we move forward in the conversation, I just want to say thank you so much for reaching out and having me um, on the show tonight and having a great conversation. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Awesome, awesome. You're definitely welcome. Here, here, let's get started, all right? I done took up enough of your time, so I'm going to allow you <laughs> to have the remainder of the show. So here we go. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Oh, gosh, great question. I think that's funny. It's like you, <laughs> when you're growing up, you always think about being a superhero and um, what yes. that would entail and look like and you know, I, I watch a lot of Marvel, so <laughs> I cool, definitely cool. Um, am, am interested in, in, the, in all that good stuff. Um, my one superpower, man, I would, I think I would want my superpower to be somewhere along the lines of maybe reading minds or uh, mm. being able to, to fly or something like that. I've always been intrigued with that. Um, when I was uh, in high school, I got my student pilot's license, so I've always been fascinated with being up in the air and things like that. So um, probably something like that is, is what I, my superhero would be. Awesome, awesome. So from that, I take it you love to travel? I definitely love to travel. <laughs> um, in fact, I'm, I'm traveling right now, Florida to Atlanta. Oh, wow. I'll, Looks like uh yeah, looks like I'll be, you know, in the Midwest um uh next month, so or end of the month awesome. in, into October. Um doing some more readings and, and things like that. And so I do. I've spent some, some time okay. overseas. Um quite a bit actually overseas. So I, I am a big traveler. Okay, so before we get to the game, let's talk about your time overseas. What was something that you learned about the culture overseas that's a little different than our culture over here? Uh, great question. I would say in a few different places, China being one of them, um, I was there mm. for, for quite some time touring and performing opera uh, many years ago. And I would say one of the similarities is that, um, you know, the mentalities is that all black people look alike. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, mistaken quite a bit during that time period for Tiger Woods and either or Michael Jordan. Um, it was the tall and, and bald head. So, 
Um, after a couple gotcha. weeks, I said, forget it. I'm just going ahead and, and sign these autographs. Do y'all think that's who I am? I'll go ahead and be that person. <laughs> um, so that's definitely a similarity. Uh, difference. You know, I think one of the things that is so incredibly fascinating to me is that so many different cultures, you know, I think it's, it's here in the United States within the cultures, but overseas and in different countries, it's a lot more uh, prevalent, is that people really are, you know, into their culture. They take a great deal of pride Mm. in their culture. They love having their culture on display and making sure that everyone understands the importance of their their culture, the, the relevance of their culture, and how their culture really influences their their everyday lives. So I would say that's one of the biggest differences that I have noticed um, spending time overseas and in different parts of the, of the world is that that big, huge cultural respect. Awesome. Awesome. Now you said something, you were over there performing opera, a black man singing opera, you know, just hitting (laughs) some stereotypes. Yes. So I, I know you're an artist, how long have you been, um, you know, in, with, with that genre? How long have you performed opera? So I went to college um, on um, a music scholarship, an academic scholarship, and a track and field scholarship. And one of the music scholarships that I received was specifically for opera. Now, I, of course, being 17, 18 years old at that time, had no clue that there were, you know, African-American opera singers, Leotine Price, Jesse Norman, um, et cetera. The the list does go on and on. But who actually knows that unless you listen to that genre of music? And, um, you know, you you hear about these things in in black history studies and, and so forth, but that's just not true common daily knowledge and I think for me once I received the scholarship I was like wow like I don't even know what this means like what am I supposed to do I sing gospel and R&B and things of that nature so okay you know listen they're paying for my school so I'm going to go ahead and give this a try and honestly it completely changed my life completely changed my life The, the the amount of discipline that it takes. And I'm a firm believer if those that sing things like gospel music, you have such a wonderful foundation and technique that you can't teach. You have it or you don't. And then when I, you right. get to refining the, the vocal technique and things that it takes to sing classical music, to sing opera, um, it, it, it's mind boggling. It, it's life changing. And, you know, for those that, that have heard me perform and have heard me sing, if there's one thing that people always say is, my goodness, you are definitely technical and very trained. Um, and, and I love that because I think it, it's not everyday music that people usually hear. And I think it just brings a whole nother, you know, level of artistry um, to that music. So it was definitely different. Um, I talk about it in, in my book quite a bit where, you know, you get the stereotypical, oh, gosh, like you're a great singer, but you sound too, as they like to say, you sound, you know, back then, you sound too, quote, gospelized. And, and then mm-hmm. you get from the African-American community, now you sound too, 
quote white, you know. So it was right. it was an interesting time, but I I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Awesome, awesome. And I, I'm glad because I think I always tell people we need to experience different cultures anyway. I believe that that kind of opens up our minds to a greater understanding of the world. Sometimes we're so closed-minded and don't even realize we're closed-minded because, you know, we yes. don't travel or we don't try new things. We're just – everything – is what's normal to us. Everybody looks like us, walks like us, talks like us, thinks like <laughs> us, and we're not open to anything new because anything new, you know, what's wrong with them? Why would they enjoy that? So that's great that, you know, you had that experience with that. So now we're going to go to the game. Absolutely. You're going to see it seems like I bounce all over the place, but <laughs> it's all wrapped up in, Purpose, okay? It's all wrapped up in purpose. So, Perfect. Now, let's go to the game. I'm going to give you how many words do I have down here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, I'm playing. I have five words. <laughs> five words. <for> you. <laughs> so I have five words. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Like I told you off the air, if you want to sing, you're welcome to sing. If it's one word that comes to mind, that's fine. If it's a sentence... If you want to elaborate on the word. Now, it may be a word that your response hits a trigger. So I might say, oh, can we talk about that a little bit? And we go from there. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay. So the first word is equality. Equality. Lack thereof. That's the first thing that popped into mm-hmm. my mind is there is a lack of equality on so many levels throughout, you know, our, our great nation. Now I want to ask you a question about that. And I'm glad I have you on tonight because as a gay black man, um, as it relates to equality, why do you believe that there is such a lack there of it? What do you think it is that, is it a fear of it or what exactly do you think it is? Sure. I think that people in general fear the unknown. And when you have folks that are subjects or, you know, clothing or music that is not of your, your typical or your standard or what you have been taught and exposed to growing up, people fear that. People fear, you know, oh, that's a get that goes against what I've been taught that goes against what, you know, the Bible says that goes against this and that. Mm -hmm. And I think people are really, you know, like you mentioned earlier, really um, closed minded to the differences. People are not open to understanding different perspectives, different cultures, different personalities. And from my perspective, the only thing that that does is that shuts you off from the rest of the world. It shuts you off from understanding the differences that make up this, this beautiful world that we have. I think if people, if we go back to that, to understanding everybody doesn't need to look like us, talk like us, think like us, right? They may be able to challenge your ideologies, challenge what you have thought Mm -hmm. and, and been taught over the years, right? That to me is, is why there's such a lack of equality is that people Point blank, they fear the unknown and are closed off to the differences. 
That's so true. But you hit something. I told you you were going to hit some trigger words. You hit a trigger word for me, and you said uh, that it would challenge. And sometimes I don't believe that a lot of us like or want to be challenged as it relates to theology, ideology, psychology, any of the ologies. Uh, because mm-hmm. the reality is that sometimes when we are placed in that position of challenge, we realize that the foundation that we have built this whole ideology on isn't as secure as it as it appears to be or as we want it to be. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so I think that's a great way great way to put it is that you know the the security that dif- there the lack of security that differences bring that scares people. Mhm. All right, that was good. Okay, next word. Life. <laughs> Life. Life. Um, we need to. What come, pops in my mind uh, with that word is. We need to relish in it more. We need to respect it more. We need to cherish it more. I think with this pandemic that's been happening, we have been reminded that life is short and it can be taken at any given time. So I think for me, with life, we need to go out and live it to the fullest every single day. Now, with this pandemic, how I, I hear you talking about how it could have changed, you know, our thoughts and our approach towards life. What has it done for you? What have you done with this time being uh, quarantined in and now being able to get out now, but your time of being quarantined in, what did you do as it related to your purpose, as it related to life and self-growth and all of those things? The very first thing that, you know, I always say to folks, the pandemic obviously is horrific. It's unprecedented. It has done some awful, awful things to our world and our nation. For me, there's been one or two positive things that the pandemic has done for me. The very first thing is it allowed me to finish my book. Mm. Um, it's been a five-year, five-year process of, you know, writing off and on and it allowed me to, you know, take a break from, from work. And with my career, I generally work about 70, 80 hours a week. So I got to actually mm. take a nap for a little bit, <laughs> um, <laughs> take a breather and, and sit down and finish a book. So for me, it has been, you know, a blessing in disguise really um, with, with the pandemic and having more time and freedom to, to do that. And then the other thing that the pandemic has done is, you know, even though, you know, we had our shelter in place and, and we did all these sorts of, of, of uh, quarantining things, um, you know, after a while I started to surround myself with a few friends, a few of the same friends, and it allowed me to develop our friendships, you know, deeper and greater. And, and you know, being one year of living in South Florida, that's been also a blessing in disguise for me is to develop friendships. So, um, and then also reestablish um, some friendships that, you know, you know, life gets in the way and you don't talk to people every day and, and often and things of that nature. So for me, it allowed me to pick up the phone and have some FaceTime and zoom and things like that um, to rekindle those friendships. So that's what I've been doing. 
Awesome, awesome. So the next word was two words, self-love. Self-love. Hmm. I think that's another thing that we need more of. I think mm-hmm. for me, that's one of the you know weaknesses or flaws, in my opinion, that I have is that I do not always provide myself with self-love. And, mm. and for those that have you know already read the book and for those that I hope will read the book, I think that's one of the things that is super prevalent in my book is that we need more self-love, self-care realizing your self-worth mm-hmm. um, is so incredibly important more now than ever. And we need to also take care of one another. I think we sometimes get yes. so caught up in daily lives and moving and shaking and, and uh, you know, trying to, to be the best that we can just in terms of career and money and all those sorts of things, but we forget about the little things in life. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that we need more of as well is self-love. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I guess piggybacking off of that, as a person that uh, pours out a lot, a person that pours out a lot, what do you do to recharge? Mm, what do I do to recharge? I am a huge, uh, as as in many communities, especially in, in my community, the gay community, we call that a gym rat. So <laughs> I am mm-hmm. definitely a gym rat. Um, that is one of my my home away from homes. Um, I also love sports. So I'm always, like even now, I'm sitting here, I've got the television on mute, and it's playing college sports on ESPNU. And so I am a okay. huge sports fanatic, <laughs> huge sports fanatic. And, um, gosh, what else do I do? I – you know, I'm a movie buff, and I love movies and watching, you know, crazy sitcoms and things like that. So I'm definitely a – if I need a day or a break and, – and I think this has been something that I've been working on for the past two years because usually it's just go, 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 go with me and constantly, you know, not really taking a, a break or a vacation, things of that nature. So the last year, maybe even two years, I've gotten a lot better with taking time for myself and relaxing and, and things like that. So that's what I usually do. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's definitely important. The next word is purpose. Mm. What is everyone's purpose in life? I that has been a word that has been used more and more and more um, in my daily life over the past six weeks is I believe that everyone has a purpose and sometimes your purpose comes to you early in life. Sometimes your purpose comes to you later in life. And I think, you know, for me, my purpose, even though I haven't been able to necessarily pay the bills through music, I think mm-hmm. me publishing this book a few weeks back, I have realized my purpose in life may have always been to, help those, speak for those that don't have a voice, um, uh, really sort of inspire those that are suffering in silence, um, uh, ensure that people understand that they don't have to suffer in silence. So I think purpose is so incredibly important, and, you know, we all need to realize what our purposes are um, on this earth. Awesome. 
Now, you talked about being the voice for those who, you know, haven't identified their voice yet or don't feel as if they don't have a voice. Have you been a person that always knew you had a voice and uh, or a valuable voice, or is that something that, you know, life, you know, as you went through different things in life, you realized that you had it? Not at all. I had no idea that, you know how, you know, when folks are growing up, you know, my friends and the people that I've always been around has always said things to me like, oh, gosh, um, you, you've got a story to tell or you got, you know, you're always sticking up for, um, you know, folks being bullied. And, and in reality, I was also one of those folks being bullied. But for some reason over the years, I've developed this, you know, I'm going to speak up for the injustice. I'm going to speak up for the person being bullied and so forth. And I think um, really it's been in the last few years that um, I've sort of realized my own sort of strength in, you know, people, some people may be right. You do have, you know, a great story to tell. We all have a story to tell, but sometimes, you know, stories, you know, people don't always feel comfortable sharing their stories. And I think Mm -hmm. some folks that have read my book um, have, you know, provided statements and feedback that, you know, how many times does someone have to, to face some type of circumstance or situation? And the amount that I've had to face, from my perspective, I think I've realized my purpose is just that, being a vessel to others, being able to speak for those mm. that don't have a voice. And it's allowed me to actually find my own voice and strengthen my voice um, to speak for those. Now, it's also a learning process for me. It's still a growth process for me as well. Um, I feel like there's moments where I feel like I'm coming to it late in life, but if I really take a step back and think about it uh, in retrospect, it's always been there. It's always been there. It's just Absolutely. taken me time to, yeah, to garner the, the, the appropriate amount of strength and courage to step out front and say, you know, listen, this is me, you know, take it or leave it. I'm here to help. I'm here to speak. I'm here to hopefully inspire and influence at least one. If I've done that, then I've fulfilled my purpose. I feel you. Now I have one more word, and then we're going to get to your book, okay? And that last word is transformation. Mm. Transformation. It's important. It's important. I think everyone needs to transform constantly. Why, you know, I have this saying, you know, each day I wake thinking, trying to figure out how I can be greater that day than I was the day before. That to me is transformation. Mm -hmm. That to me is figuring out, okay, yeah, like I didn't get to these things yesterday or I faulted here. I was not able to help somebody in this situation. How can I now do something greater? How can I do something that's going to uplift and going to inspire? Um, That to me is constantly looking for, you know, transformative ways to be a better person. So that's what I think about with, with that word. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So now we're going to transition and we're going to talk about your book. Okay. Letters to a gay boy. Okay. So is this a memoir what type of book is this? It is a memoir. Absolutely. It okay. covers, you know, some, some childhood. And the book is written um, as, as real letters. 
each chapter is a letter, and I'm giving examples of situations and circumstances that I've had to endure over my lifetime, and I'm relating it to everyone, but then also it's life lessons. It's things that we need to improve on. It's conversations that we need to have as a people. It's conversations that we need to have as a community. It's taboo and sensitive subjects that you know, the African-American community has a tendency to sweep under the rug that the LGBTQ yeah. community does not like to admit to. You know, I'm, it is incredibly raw, open, authentic, and I am not leaving anything out or behind. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's what the book is about. <laughs> okay, now, now how did you get comfortable enough, and I wrote this down so I didn't forget, when you were beginning to write your book, becoming so vulnerable and putting yourself out there, uh, is that something you prepared yourself for, or is it something that you were like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to do this thing, but I have to do this thing? Great question. I, you know, I, I thought about um, this over the last few years as I was writing it. And, and really in February or March of this year, I, well, March or April, actually, I went back and, and read some of the chapters and said, mm, 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 you are not telling this. You are not putting this out there. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh. They do not need to know this, you know. And then I started to really, really think about it. Now, wait a minute. There has got to be, you know, some, you know, young adult, some, some teenager, some, you know, uh, little black boy in, in rural, I, I like to call it middle earth, but Midwest, you know, um, small town, there's got to be, you know, a little girl somewhere, a little boy somewhere that's been abused. There's got this, what my story and my words, I know for a fact that it's got, it has to relate to people and that there has mm-hmm. to be someone that can find solace in, in my words and that can realize it is, you don't have to feel shame for these situations anymore. You don't have to feel embarrassed. You can own what has happened to you. You can live in your truth. I think that is the biggest thing is understanding what that means to actually live in your truth. I will say that's one of the things that I've, said aloud is that I'm real. I'm a real person. I'm living in my truth. Then (laughs) as I read, you know, we all like to think that, but as Mm -hmm. I read things back this, this uh, spring and, and into summer, I said, maybe you actually haven't. Maybe you actually haven't because if you have, then everybody would know these things about you. If you really truly stood and lived in your own, in your truth. You know, you wouldn't be, there are still a a level of shame and embarrassment that you harness, you know, with, with some of these situations. And then I think as I was about to um, get it out there and get it published, I, I finally said to myself, this is it, this is it. And I had a couple of friends, um, you know, read early iterations of the book and and the manuscript and um, sort of hearing their, their motivation and their inspiration of you have a phenomenal story to tell and you are doing all of us a disservice if you do not put this out. So once I sort of got that encouragement from a couple of folks, I said, this is it. You, you can't go back now. You have to, to get the, the, get this out. And, and so I did. 
and it is done as I've had some book readings and, you know, these, these types of interviews, every single time I talk about it, there is a level of power that I continue to reclaim each mm-hmm. and every single time I talk about it. And as I, you know, further strengthen that power, I realize you've done the right thing. People need to hear it. People mm. need to be having these conversations more now than ever. And, you know, I, I'm glad that you, you wrote the book and it's coming from this. And this is paralleling with a conversation I just had with a young man who was a guest on my podcast. Um, but I think we've allowed ourselves and others to be off the hook as it relates to conversations that need to take place. And as we've allowed people off the hook, by us not bringing up the conversation. Well, I know for myself, too, sometimes I wouldn't even show up to places because I know that would require a level of people facing some things that they just didn't want mm-hmm. to face. So you right. taking that power back is is so awesome. And I know there's going to be teenagers that read this book that can relate, and it's going to give them a power even at a younger age. Because I think sometimes we suffer so silently for years until we finally get to that place where we're ready to, you know, let it all out. But if we can begin to see examples that have come before us that are letting it out, then I can become a little more comfortable with letting my side out as well and my story out as well. So now, how long have you I think you are absolutely right. That, that... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say that hits the nail on the head right there. Like, I, I, you know, to me, it doesn't matter what age, younger, you know, someone commented yeah. or wrote a review on Amazon yeah. of the book, and he um, expressed that he's a 76-year-old gay male, yeah, and I, he is so thankful that someone had enough courage to put relatable stories and situations out because he himself has never had the the courage to do so. And, and he thanked mm-hmm. me and things of that nature. That, that, that to me went to show it doesn't matter what age you are, what age yep. you are at all. It, it's all about owning your own, your own truth yep. and realizing that we all go through things, but we don't have to, as we keep saying, we don't have to go through those things in silence. We never have to stop no. in silence. No. No, not at all, and and I, that that's why I think your your voice, your your book is so important because, like you said, you're the voice for the voiceless, but then you also are, are the voice that will help them, you know, discover and execute their own voice. So that's just so powerful. Now, when did you know you were going to be an author, or you desired to be an author? Good question. I never actually thought of myself as an author until I received, even, you know, submitting it to Amazon and going through all of the qualifications and the requirements and things of that nature. Once it was accepted, once my manuscript was accepted by Amazon and and then, you know, they send you several emails and notifications Hmm. and things like that. And, and I I opened up my email one day and I see, you know, my page and I see, you know, the book and, you know, it debuted at number one. And then the the word author is next to my name. I'm going, Oh my gosh, this, this, this is real. This just, 
this just happened. And so now I'm like, wow, okay, um, I guess I can add, you know, um, author to, to my, to my resume, to my credit. And, um, I didn't think about this until, uh, the show, the book reading in the show that I had last week where someone said, yes, not only author, but you need to take ownership in the fact that, you know, you are now a best-selling author. It was best-selling on Amazon. Absolutely. And, don't don't be ashamed of that and to claim that mm-hmm. and own that. And I was like, gosh, that's right. You know, it was debuted at number one and stayed in the top twenty in various categories for for weeks. And you know that that constitutes best selling author. So um, absolutely. Yeah, I now and everyone's also asking, okay, well, when's book number two? And I'm like, oh gosh, I haven't even thought about. <laughs> thought about something like that, you know, like, kind of let me get through this first round and enjoy this. So. See that, that was my next question. So <laughs> you already answered that one. <laughs> now you, you're talking about uh, your, your book readings though. How powerful have they been? Cause I know to sit and, and read it out loud while the audience is being like, captivated you know by the story like to feel that energy has to be amazing oh man i can't even begin to describe um i've had one 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 event um for two nights and it was last week last thursday and last friday in um in South Florida, Wilton Manors is the neighborhood, and, and the Wilton Theater Factory hosted this, and it was the first time they held an event uh, like this as well, and I can't even begin the response, the feedback, the Q&A portion of the event. Everything was just so incredibly organic and open and honest. People were sharing, you know, their thoughts, their their stories a little bit during the Q&A um, you know, I went live on Facebook, um, and, and people's going back and reading, you know, folks' comments um, later that night or the next day after the event was just so. It, it just made it just did my heart so good and and so warm and made me realize like again, this is you know pure confirmation that you are doing something that is in such a time that we need. We need to be talking. Mm-hmm. We need to be having conversations with everything that's going on in our crazy administration right now with, I'm sorry, I uh, never say his name. He is always and will be Cheeto to me. Um, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I, I never I say that man's name. I can't. Right. Right. Um, I, I just can't, can't bring myself to do it. So with, with that stuff going on and, and all of the, the, separatism that he has brought and the division that he has brought to our nation, we need to be binding together and having those tough conversations to move past what he has done to us in the last four years. And don't get me wrong. This stuff has always been here. It's always, we've just got somebody on the biggest microphone in the world um, with, with the loudest voice right now that is making things worse. So Mm-hmm. Um, it has been so powerful and so eye-opening to know and see how many people actually are wanting to have those conversations and wanting to be open and, you know, connecting with people that are like-minded and similar experiences and, and things like that. So last weekend was honestly some of the best, um, and I've had some good times, but definitely some of the best times uh, in my life last Thursday and Friday. Awesome. Now, 
who is the book written for? Who who's the target more? Uh, excuse me, your target audience. Who should read the book? Um, great question. When I was writing the book, I was really thinking about really myself as a five, seven, nine, twelve, fifteen-year-old boy. Um, I was thinking about that and thinking about connecting with um, that little boy and telling him that it's going, that it's, it's okay. You will find your voice. Here's how you do it. You will, you know, go through this and that's okay. Stay strong. Don't let anybody, you know, deter you or, or stray you from becoming and being who you want to be. That's what I was thinking about when, as I wrote the book. But I think as I went back and, you know, my editor uh, kept sending edits and, and revisions and things of that nature. And as I continued to read more and more, um, you know, what I had written, I thought to myself, no, this is for everybody, you know, not to sound mm-hmm. broad in general, but it's not just for the black community. It's not just for the black gay community. It's not just for the gay community. You know, uh, people with children need to need to read. I encourage to read, um, to understand how to have tough conversations with your adolescents. I encourage, you know, uh, older generations to read because it's going to give you um, an idea of, of, you know, what your actions and your behavior have done to people, right? It's going to allow you to say, oh my gosh, like here's somebody that has been a part of various communities and experienced things. And, you know, what has my narrow-mindedness done or caused to somebody Mm -hmm. else that has experienced these things? So from my perspective, I encourage everyone um, to, to read the book, regardless of what your age is, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, your religious beliefs, you know, because there's, there's a religious or, or spiritual component that I talk about in the book as well. It really is for everybody. And it's got something in there that, that I think everyone can, can take from it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Now, would you like to share an excerpt from the book? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, what I will would would love to do, especially you know, to your uh, your readers, is you know probably their first introduction to the book. So I will um, mm-hmm. read the forward. Um, I'll read the forward cool. in the book. Awesome. So letters to a gay black boy. Forward. In life, we cannot control the cards we are dealt. We do not have the ability to change what God has in store for us. What we do have is free will. We have the ability to control how we play those cards, rise above the bad hands, and overcome them. Life is a journey. It is about one's truth and living it authentically. Our maker planned lives and futures, no matter how bright or dim. It is indeed up to us to seize the moments and enjoy the life we are given to the fullest. Unfortunately, it does not always happen according to plan. This book chronicles my many trials and tribulations and how I endured them, sometimes succumbing to pressures, other times rising above and overcoming. I shed light on the ups, downs, good, and bad in hopes that it touches at least one person's life, serving as a hint of inspiration and motivation. My wish is that a child, young adult, or one of any age can find strength and power for themselves through my words. So many times in the African-American community, we sweep issues under the rug. I learned this at an early age. We shy away from deep conversations, vulnerability, 
expressions of love and affection, and uncomfortable topics. Things in life that we fear and or are uneducated on, abuse, homosexuality, and declaration of love. However, being a part of other communities later in life, I learned it is absolutely acceptable to express your feelings through emotion. It is acceptable to believe in your self-worth. It is essential to know that you are loved and to love yourself first and foremost. Be open and authentic and share your stories in order to walk in your own truth. Numerous people in this world feel as though they do not have voices. The kid being bullied in school, a child afraid to face their sexuality and discuss it with their parents, the young girl being abused, shame, embarrassment, and unworthiness are terrible emotions. Everything in this world happens for a reason, however. His plan for us was always to learn from these situations. I hope that hearing my story, people will find or strengthen their voices. Speak loudly, shout, stand up and take your place in this world. As each day is not promised, we should strive to be greater the next day than we were the day before. We should all feel blessed and proud to grace this earth and to have received that free will to find and live our own journeys. Letters to a Gay Black Boy will not be the book for everyone. It contains very sensitive subject matter and is extremely raw and open. Some details may completely shock you, and others will have you reaching for Kleenex. This is Letters to a Gay Black Boy. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And like I said, before we go off the air, I'm going to make sure you let everybody know where they can purchase the book from. Absolutely. So it is on Amazon.com. You can go to Amazon.com, type in my name, Terry Dyer, or type in Letters to a Gay Black Boy, and the book will will appear and and get your copy. It's on ebook, so Kindle, laptop, phone, um, etc. And then you can also get a uh, paper copy as well. And um, for those also interested, you can feel free to visit my, my website, terrydyer.org. Um, of course, it's got lots of media and blogs and uh, my bio, things of that nature. Also, your social media handles as well. Yes. So my social media for the book specifically is Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, D as in David, writes. So W-R-I-T-E-S, so Terry D. writes. Um, on everything. So my Instagram, my Twitter, my Twitter is new. <laughs> um, I've definitely have been one of those folks that, you know, tries to limit my social media, but with the book out now, I've tried to, to get into everything. So Twitter, Instagram is Terry D writes. Um, my personal Instagram is Terry D sings um, as well. So definitely feel free to follow and connect with me on those uh, social media platforms. Awesome. Now, I do have a couple of more questions about the writing process. What is something uh, – I like to give Mythbusters on here because I have a lot of people that listen that are holding books on the inside of them because they feel like the process is, like, so hard, it's impossible to be done. <laughs> was there anything that you thought was going to be, like, the hardest part of the process, but then once you got into the writing and the publishing, you realized it wasn't as hard as you thought it was going to be? Absolutely. I 
did a lot of research on publishing houses and companies and then publishing um, folks that are specifically for LGBTQ um, writers. And after talking with a couple of them, and they had lots of questions for me, of course, and, you know, took a look at some early manuscripts and, you know, wanted to change the title. One, one organization wanted to change the title. Um, some of them wanted to basically take creative control. And after going through that and having those initial conversations, I realized that's not what I want. I don't feel like, you know, people would really truly relate and connect on such a deep personal level. Um, and then talking with a friend of mine in Los Angeles who also has a few books out that he self-published, talking with him, he convinced me to go ahead and self-publish the book myself, um, which is what I did through Amazon. Um, a little bit of, a, of an interesting, tough process, um, getting through Amazon's requirements and things of that nature, but be patient because once you kind of get the hang of it and go through that process, um, it gets easier as you go along. I would highly suggest doing your manuscript and your writings in a Word document or DocX, things like that. Um, I have a, a PC laptop and didn't use that. I used Google Docs. So please stay away from Google Docs because, you know, mm -hmm. with their system and their requirements, you've got to, um, you know, upload it very specifically, to, you know, with, um, you know, Word or a PDF and things of that nature. And then, of course, there's all kinds of things that will happen in terms of sizing and, you know, things being transformed incorrectly and, you know, it removing certain words in your book and, and in your manuscript and things like that. So it can get a little tricky, but they do a phenomenal job, Amazon, and, and their publishing house, KDP, does a phenomenal job of really sort of laying things out for you. So the process gets a little bit easier. And I say, you know, regardless of whatever challenges or struggles or questions or uh, roadblocks that you may face, keep going, keep going, because what you are writing and what you are putting out there is so incredibly important. And, again, everyone has a story to tell. I'm glad you brought that up too about the self publishing uh self publishing um going the self publishing route because I went that route as well myself because as you said, you know, they try to change somewhat to change the title of your book, things within your book. And I feel like with some stories it's very important that we hold that creative authority. So uh, that was one of the Absolutely. reasons I went that route as well, because it was like, if I don't tell the story the the way that I'm feeling this thing, then they're not going to get the full effect of it. So that's great to hear. That is definitely great to hear. Now, I don't know if you realize that we've talked ourselves off the air. <laughs> so I, it went so quick. Was, I, to me, it was <laughs> quick. I don't know if it was long for you or not. <laughs> No, I but, love a good conversation that just goes. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's the same way I am. That's the same way I am as well. So now, you've given us a lot throughout this conversation. If everyone was to forget everything you said tonight, what would be one thing that you would want them, them to walk away remembering? Oh, wonderful, wonderful question. If people forget everything that I have said tonight um, during this conversation, I would want them to walk away with this one thing. Remember that 
everyone has a story to tell, and it doesn't matter how small, how insignificant you think your story may be. It is a story that will resonate with everybody. It is a story that will connect to, it may not be someone, you know, close to you that your story will resonate with. It may not be your next door neighbor, but someone out there in this world will in fact resonate and connect with your story. So never let your story go untold. And it, that could also just mean telling your story to a friend, a family member, a spouse, it could mean that as well. That's also a form of telling your story. And mm -hmm. never let someone dim your shine and dim your light. I think right now, again, with all the things that are happening with, with Black Lives yes. Matter and, you know, being treated like second-class citizens, you know, black people have gone through it, Latino people have gone through it, gay people mm -hmm. have gone through it, being treated like mm -hmm. second-class citizens. Now is the time more than ever to step up and say, this is me in all my glory, take it or leave it, because I'm here. Awesome. Now I want to ask you a question. Um, with, with everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and and all of those things, everybody uniting together, us coming together, um, I have still noticed that even in coming together, there still seems to be division as it relates to those who are Black Lives Matter, but yet they still don't understand that black LBGT lives matter. How do you handle that? Or maybe you, maybe you don't experience that, but if you have, how do you handle that as a black man that understands the struggle and as a gay man that understands it as well? Ooh, um, getting into it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I have absolutely experienced that on so many different levels. Um, one of the things that, you know, lots of people reached out to me, especially my friends and family in California, reached out to me, you know, as things really started to unravel with George Floyd and then Breonna Taylor and all these things happening um, in our nation and to let me know that they support me and they hear me and they're my ally and, you know, how was I feeling and things of that nature. Here's what I responded. Now, I didn't respond to everyone. And, you know, my brother and, and, and best friend and I would talk about this all the time. Um, he got, you know, real into it and real political and started to let his voice be heard, which is obviously super, super fantastic. Um, but we also talked about why was I not out there um, putting things out on social media and saying things and letting my voice be heard. One of the things that I said, actually the biggest thing that I said is, here's my take on this. I have been black and gay my entire life. My fight mm -hmm. did not start um, this spring, this summer. Mm -hmm. My fight didn't start because we decided to, to sensationalize black people getting murdered on, on CNN and, and different different channels, right? Mine started right. all those years ago. Mine started when I was called the N-word in Castro two handfuls of times mm. during my 14 years of living there. My fight started when I was called the, the F-word, you know, at 12 and 13 years old and getting, getting jumped by a couple of neighborhood kids. You know what I mean? Like that, I have been fighting 
every single day. When I walk my dog mm-hmm. in my neighborhood and, and the people are looking at me and crossing the street and things like that, I live this fight day, every single day. So mm-hmm. welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. We want to get loud and Absolutely. fight now. Y'all, y'all will fight for 10, 15 minutes, but as soon as we stop See. seeing this and we move on the news and we move to the next story, we're going to forget about George. We're going to be, forget about mm. the Briannas of this world. We're going to forget about it and move on to the next story. But what you are forgetting is that that fight still continues for people like myself. Mm-hmm. So I still deal with it day every single day of my life, and I will continue it until the Lord calls me home. And that is a fight mm-hmm. that I will gladly take on every single day. I wouldn't have it any other way, any other way. I will uh, say that I love the fact that my book has come out when it did because yes. it is from a, a black person's perspective, but it's also from a gay person's perspective. I yes. mean it from a black gay person's perspective. So I'm bringing you yep. – now, don't, get, don't, don't forget that, you know, I'm also a George Floyd, but don't forget that right. I'm also a Breonna Taylor because I'm a gay man. Right. You, know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, right. you, you've you. got to you, – you know, listen, you're going to get me riled up now. <laughs> <laughs> I see you got hype. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I saw um, it, but I did. I, I, I really wanted to 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 uh, have that part of the conversation because I think that is so important. And I posted um, one of one of my posts was, you know, I, I'm proud of everybody, you know, standing up and all that. But and that's why I said yeah. in the beginning of the show as well. Don't lose the momentum. Don't let like you said, once that news cycle ends, no, 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 no. That's what they're banking on. You got to keep this fight because there's some of us that have been fighting this thing for years, you know, for years. Exactly. So exactly. now I, I got a question for you. It's a little comedy. It's it's a funny question, but um, <laughs> it's a serious question too, because this really, this thing bothers me too. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about the gay agenda, the gay agenda, and I posted mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and I post these things because I, I'm a per- I like having the tough conversations, but yeah. I don't know everybody has so much mouth till you ask them the the tough questions. So my post basically said, you know, what exactly is the gay agenda? I feel like I should know what it is as a gay man. I should know <laughs> what the gay agenda is, and I'm like. Okay, can you tell me where I sign up for it? Uh, tell me, you know, we're having rallies for it. I'm confused by it, you know, but nobody would take the bait. No, everybody ignored that post because nobody wants to have. That's another conversation that other people don't right. want to have because the reality is <laughs> we don't have an agenda, you know, in the sense of how right. they're presenting right. it. So yeah, I just right. wanted to, I've been asking Absolutely. everybody just to get an understanding of what is the gay agenda. I'm confused. Listen, I think there are lots of different gay sub uh, uh, communities that have their own mm-hmm. quote gay agenda. Absolutely. Now mm-hmm. I know when I have heard some folks talk about the gay agenda from their perspective, and obviously I think you know where this is coming from, but. You know, yes. from their perspective, yes. it is, 
you know, we going to recruit everybody and we want everybody to be like <laughs> yeah. us and, and to do all that. Listen, we are not the army. We are not trying to recruit <laughs> nobody. You either. And you can't recruit and turn somebody. You either are or you no. are not. No, no, Period. we're talking good. Period. Right. We're talking good. The, the, right. Now, I'm, you know, and I've kind of alluded to this, you know, on on our conversation or in our conversation, and then I definitely talk about it in my book. I don't think we can have any type of gay agenda, in my opinion. No. Because we are no. not on the same page as a community. We don't right. believe in the same ideologies as a community. Now, right. granted, and I mean right. just big picture speaking, right? Not, you mm-hmm. know, um, politically and all those other sorts of things. But I, I think if we're going to go out and fight for respect, equality, and tolerance and all those things, you absolutely have to be that way in your own backyard. And I think more so now right. than ever, I think a large part of our community realizes we are not lesbians and gays don't generally get along and there's a divisiveness there trans and and the rest of our communities Mm. there is a divisiveness there that can't absolutely if if we plan to like really move forward in this world as as one group Mm -hmm. and one one community it can't happen i agree I totally agree. I, you hit it there, especially as it relates to the trans community, because sometimes, you know, when I talk to a lot of them, they feel like they're not even a part, you know, of, of right. the the right. community. And, and I think everybody can feel like that to some degree as well. But you're right. I totally agree. I, I just like to stare the pot, but nobody would take my bait. That, that was making me so mad. I was, like, I was like, come on. I tried it on Facebook. Nobody responded. So I said, well, I took it to Instagram and I said, well, let me post this over here. Since nobody would take the bait on uh, Facebook. And I did have two of my friends responded and they uh, were laughing about it. Cause they were, t- we were talking about it earlier in the day, but I just think that we have to get to a place where we realize, like you said, in the beginning of our conversation, that a lot of times people are fearful of things. And and instead of taking the time to learn about it, they're just going to make a bunch of assumptions about it. Right. And that's sad because we always lose out. We always lose out. Okay. So now let's, I'm I'm done now. I'm going to get back on, on schedule. The second of the three <laughs> questions is, <laughs> uh, here on the show, we like to honor what we call transforming transformers. And transforming transformers are people who have dedicated their life to their own personal growth and transformation, but yet they've all also served as assistance with other people as it relates to their transformation. So they might be a mentor a leader, teacher, pastor, family member, friend that has been there with you, pushing you forward, encouraging you through some of your toughest times. So we like to honor people. So I always like to leave space for you to share with us. I always have to keep the number at least to five. Uh, If you have five individuals you would like to acknowledge that have been those 
transforming transformers for you to help you through some of your toughest and celebrate with you through some of your greatest accomplishments. Oh my gosh, absolutely hands down. First and foremost, that the biggest one of my biggest cheerleaders um in my life is uh my aunt, my aunt Aretha. She is my ride or die. She is we travel together, we party together, we talk about everything under the sun. She is just one of those epitome of black excellence, black female empowerment. She uplifts those around her. She's so wonderful at taking, you know, the kids. She's Aunt Aretha to everybody around, and, you know, the kids can have conversations by kids. I mean, teenagers, young adults can have conversations with her that they don't feel comfortable having with their, their, their mom or their dad, you know, she's just always been, been that person and that, that uh, cheerleader in my life. Um, she's absolutely incredible. So that, and then I would say two more people who I call brother and sister. Um, they're not my biological brother and sister, but they have been in my life for about 20 years. One, both of my best friends, um, sister Allison, brother Greg, Rider dies through and through. We have, you know, our ups and downs. We fight like siblings, but we are some of the closest people that I have ever seen and ever been around. Um, also, phenomenal rider dies and what they are doing in their lives as well. Um, you know, my brother's now just been married for, for a year, also gay, um, married his, his husband and, and is just living oh. so wonderfully and comfortably and, and, you know, has a son that he has raised to be, you know, a wonderful young man as well. You know, my, my sister Allison, you know, we unfortunately buried um, her husband a few years ago through a rare, to a rare form of cancer. And she is just the, the epitome of single mom raising two beautiful little girls and doing her thing. And she's a school teacher. So she loves kids and, you know, just wonderful, wonderful human beings um, to be around and to be motivated and inspired by. Um, so definitely those three. And then really, I'm also, you know, these people may not necessarily be someone in my life per se, um, but these are people that I have looked up to since I was, you know, three, four, or five years old. Um, the first is the, well, two females, um, the incomparable Miss Patty LaBelle. I read and follow and look at everything about her because, you know, musically she's one of the greatest of all times and just mm -hmm. so loving. Just that woman that like Southern Belle, like you can just connect with, you can be real with. She can feed you, feed your soul. Like that to me is mm. the epitome of a good human being in this world. And the other is, um, legendary track star Gail Devers. Now, of course, being a track yeah. athlete for such a long time, you know, she has inspired me, you know, going through a situation, a health, scary situation where she almost has to have her feet amputated and then to rise above that and come back and win gold medals and inspire young kids and, you know, having a foundation and all those sorts of things. Like that to me is you know, empowerment at its finest and at its greatest. So um, I would say those are the five people that have truly been, you know, my inspiration, my motivation, and my rocks for, you know, over 20 years. Awesome, awesome. 
So now we are down to the last question. I end the conversation with this question, every conversation with this question here on Transformation Radio, and I'll explain to you why after I you answer the question, after you answer the question. Okay. That question is, who is God to you personally? Mm, wonderful question. I look at God, um, I'm going to preface this by saying I look at the Bible. Now, you know, obviously growing up religious and, you know, in a Christian home, things of that nature, I don't consider myself religious anymore. I consider myself very spiritual. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I get family members sometimes saying, um, you know, you, you need to go back to church. You need to be in there on Sundays. You need to do this. You need to do this. Now, I'm a firm believer in you know, this is God's house, period. He made it, right? Mm-hmm. So why why do I, if I'm not in church every Sunday morning, if I'm not at Bible study and choir practice and all those sorts of things, that does not mean that I am not having um, a relationship with the man upstairs. I talk to him every day. Mm-hmm. I ask for forgiveness. I ask for his help, his hand, his guidance. The Bible to me is is. Just like teachers, how I used to view teachers growing up, they are nothing but a guide on the side. They are there to give you that guidance, and then you have to decide what to do with that guidance. You have to decide to take that advice, take that leadership, um, and, and do something with it with your life. That's, what, that's how I view God as well. He's there to provide you with a foundation. He gives you free will, and it is up to you to take his teachings and his learnings and be a good person in this world. That's what that's. And I, again, I still pray and say grace at every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I still say my prayers when I go to bed. I thank him when I creak out the bed in the morning time. Um, So I have a, in my opinion, I have a very strong relationship with him and he has brought me through a tremendous amount, you know, reading the book. I think people realize, Oh my gosh, again, how can one person go through all these things um, in one lifetime? You know, most of us don't think about going through half of these things, you know, in our lives. But to really, truly go through all these things and, and still be here, still be persevering, still be uh, resilient, he, there is nobody that's been able to get me through all of that except for him. Absolutely. I totally agree. Now, here's why I asked that question. In the beginning of the show, I talked about how we have uh, – guests that come on from different backgrounds, different belief systems, different spaces and places in life. But my firm belief is that no matter how long we live, we'll never fully gain an understanding of the awesomeness of who God is. And when I say awesome, it doesn't even really begin to describe him. But I believe that when we have conversations with each other, we are encountering different experiences with God. So you sharing your experience with God and who he is to you may help me two or three weeks down the road where I might go through a situation and I've never experienced God the way that you communicated it to me, but now I can see him beyond the the parameters that I have set him to be. So that's why I always like to ask that question because Mm -hmm. each time I ask it, 
it unlocks chambers in my mind or it unlocks my ability to see who God is even the more. So thank you for sharing that with us. But most importantly, thank you for coming on tonight and sharing so freely. Uh, Enjoyed the conversation. I encourage each and every one of you that are listening, make sure you go by his website. Make sure you go by Amazon, purchase the book, follow him on his social media, uh, on all social media platforms, and support, support, support. Y'all know how I feel about supporting, especially when it comes (laughs) to black excellence. I'm telling you, I'm big on that when it comes to black excellence and just overall people that are changing the world. So please make sure you go by and support. Listen, those of you that are listening, we have one more show, guys, one more show on this platform, and then we're moving to our new platform, okay? So I want to make sure you guys are here on Monday night. Monday night, we are closing everything out. It's going to be at 10 p.m. Again, go by my website for information about our guests and to set a reminder for you so you don't forget about Monday night. Visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Also, follow me on all my social media platforms just by typing in Clifton Petty John, all right? And as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, guys, Execute your vision. Peace.